0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Worship Center in Brighton, Michigan. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit faithworshipcenter.org. Being empowered. Now, empowerment can really be viewed a couple different ways. We know that we... As believers, we have, once we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, that we receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be an effective witness for Jesus Christ. We are a church that still believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence Of speaking with other tongues, amen. We believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit is not a thing of the past, but the same power that came upon the apostles in the book of Acts is still coming upon the church today, amen. How many of you know that we need the power of the Holy Spirit? We can't preach without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't worship without the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. I put it out on social media recently that speaking in tongues is a gift of the spirit and controlling our tongue is a fruit of the spirit. I'll say that again. Speaking in tongues is a gift of the spirit and in what was the rest of my statement? Who was listening here tonight? Controlling your tongue is a fruit of the spirit. The spirit of God helps you to control your tongue. The Bible says that no man can tame the tongue. And so the Spirit of God, the best word I've heard for self-control is self under the control of the Spirit of God. And so the Spirit of God, He helps us to control ourselves from not saying things that are stupid. Amen? Now, the power of the Holy Spirit, it comes upon us sometime after we get saved we believe it is a, it is a second work of grace, which means that it happens sometime after salvation. Uh, sometimes it's immediately after you get saved. Other times it's later on. But the power of the Holy Spirit, it is still for the church today. And so being empowered can, number one, be viewed as The power of the Holy Spirit. But there is another kind of empowerment as well. And that's when you give somebody else the ability or opportunity to do something influential. You are empowering them when you give them an opportunity. When you give them ability to do something influential. And so the greatest responsibility of a leader is not to develop more followers. But it's to empower more leaders. How many of you believe that here tonight? Healthy leaders are not you centered, but they're me. They're not me centered, but they're you centered. Healthy leaders do not think about what's in their own best interest, but they think about what is in your best interest. Their goal and the, their desire is to raise up more empowered leaders. And, and we know that Jesus, he was the most influential leader to walk this earth. He spent three and a half years investing in his disciples and preparing them to then go out. And change the world and he told his disciples greater things shall you do hallelujah Jesus was saying, you think it's great what the Spirit of the Lord is doing through me? Greater things you shall do. The Bible says that he gave his disciples all power and authority. Hallelujah. The same power and authority that Jesus walked in is the same power and authority that is inside you here today. And so Jesus, he is our greatest example. And so biblical leadership isn't just using our influence and ability for the furtherance of our own ministry but rather investing in other leaders so that they too can make an impact on the kingdom of God. How many of you believe that here tonight? You see, anyone can make you think that you are important, but a leader helps you see that you are important. The greatest example of an empowering leader is Jesus. The greatest example of empowerment is Jesus Christ. He identified a dozen men who spent years develop that Jesus spent years developing and empowering. And then at the end of those three and a half years, he told them, "Go out into all the world, go and change the world. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." How many of you believe that there is a time of preparation before the call? Before you step up and do what God has called you to do, God has to prepare you and God has to train you and God has to uh, show you things. And so when you invest into teaching others and giving opportunities to others, and you are helping to empower them with the help and the direction of the Holy Spirit. You see, I don't believe that we find great leaders. I believe that we build great leaders and then we empower them and let them lead. And so one of the ways to help empower empower other leaders is to give them opportunity. Now, this here can be a very difficult thing. Why is that such a difficult thing? Well, sometimes in leadership, you can feel like if you're not the one who's doing it, then it's not going to be done correctly. That it will be done half-heartedly or it will be done uh, incompletely. And so that is where teaching and instruction comes in. And so that's why whoever you invest into, they must be teachable. And the only way to know if you can trust somebody is to trust somebody. So profound. The only way to know if you can trust somebody is just to trust somebody. Respect is earned, but honor is given. I'll say that again. Respect is earned, but honor is given. And so the strength of your ministry is a reflection of who you empower and who you trust. Uh, I believe that a healthy ministry is not a one-man show, but I believe the leader is constantly investing in more leaders. For me in ministry, I don't want to be the only one doing everything because I want to accomplish more, and I'll never be able to accomplish more if I'm the only one doing everything. And so that's why you've got to delegate, and that's why you have to give other people opportunity. It's been well said: if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, you run together. We are about Body. We are the body of Christ, and so if you want to accomplish more, it takes more help, and even when you see, or even when you give opportunity, you have to oversee it in case you have to give advice or instruction to leaders under your leadership, and one thing is that all leaders make tons of mistakes all the time. I'll say that again. All leaders make tons of mistakes all All the time. The thing is, is that they have a quick comeback and they turn it back around. You you admit that you mess things up and then God can work things out for the good. And so that's why it's important in ministry and leadership to acknowledge when you make mistakes. We all make make mistakes, but what's important is that you acknowledge when you mistake them or when you make those mistakes And then you allow God to use them for his good and use them for his glory. God, he's not looking for a perfect vessel. He's looking for a yielded vessel. He's not looking for somebody that has it all together. He's not looking for somebody that looks like they just walked out of GQ magazine. No, he's looking for somebody that is surrendered to him and just says, Lord, use me for your glory. And when you mess up and when you make mistakes, the grace of God will be there to pick you up and to carry you. Amen. And so we have to admit when we mess things up and so empowering leaders, they don't just produce followers, but they help produce other great leaders. They don't focus on themselves. Instead, they empower other people with the ability to say yes to opportunities and vision. That's an empowering, empowering leader An empowering leader is not intimidated by other giftings and callings. And, you know, uh, when you're in full-time evangelism, you're constantly visiting other churches and other ministries. And one of my uh, friends from the TV network was saying that he was invited to preach somewhere and, and you know, it throughout his ministry there, the Lord really moved and he just felt like this animosity uh, fr- from the, the pastor there as if the pastor was angry and upset. It's like, dude, you called me to preach. You asked me to preach here, <laughs> you know? and, and so you shouldn't be, and really that's a sign of insecurity because a secure leader does not get intimidated by other giftings and other callings. Their desire is to see those giftings and see those callings in operation for the edification of the body of Christ. Your number one question should not be, how does this benefit me? It should be, how does this benefit the church? How does this benefit the body? If God is using somebody to edify the church, it doesn't matter who it is, as long as The church is being edified. Amen. Now, the Bible warns in first Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6 uh, of putting a novice in position. It says. Uh, not to put a novice in position lest they be lifted up with pride and he fall into the condemnation of the devil. It's a very interesting thing. Uh, some translation uh, translations would translate it as a, a new convert, not to put a, a new convert in a position of power. It says, lest they fall into the condemnation uh, of the devil. And so it shows you got to be careful because if you put somebody in a position prematurely, Uh, it can actually be a snare, and the devil could actually use that to destroy them and use it to their detriment. And so that's why it's important to be led by the Spirit of God and be sensitive to the Spirit of God as it regards who you put in power and who you put in position, because it can be a harmful thing, not just for them, but for the body of Jesus Christ. I've, I've seen it before where people, they rise up too quick, too fast, they get too much influence too quickly, and they're like a shooting star, a, a glimmer of light, and then they just disappear. And And I don't believe that's how God intends for things to be. I believe uh, that God intends for things to be a process of, of faithfulness and serving, and God will bless you with more and bless you with more and bless you with more. And, and unfortunately, in 2022, with social media, there's a lot of people who have a voice, and they have a platform that probably should not have a voice or have a platform. And and so just because somebody has a platform and just because somebody has a position does not mean that the Lord has put them there. And so you've got to be careful who you put in a, a position of power. Now, when one is given the opportunity to lead, they should always remain humble and willing to learn. I'll say that again, that when one is given the opportunity to lead, they should always remain humble and willing to learn. I've said it before that leaders are learners. Leaders are always willing to learn more. Leaders never come to a place where they feel like they got it all figured out, but they should always be at a place where they say, Lord, what else do you need to show me? What else do I need to learn? How else can I grow? What areas in my life and in my ministry can you strengthening and sharpening? And and that's a healthy leader. Healthy leaders, they are always learning. They are always uh, willing to learn. I've, I've said it before that if you ever want to test somebody's character, then give them power because when somebody gets power, usually the first thing that rises up isn't confidence but it's insecurity and usually that insecurity overcompensates itself with unhealthy behavior and so you've got to be careful who you put in a position of power because if they don't have the right character if their character hasn't gone through the test and that 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 position and that opportunity could be very uh detrimental and so we have to always be willing uh to learn we always have to be willing uh to grow and and not everybody will hit a run a home run their first time but don't strike out watching the pitch strike out swinging amen i'll say that again not everybody will hit a home run the first time they're up to bat but but don't strike out just watching the pitch Uh, strike out swinging. Amen. You may not get things the first time, but keep on going. You might make some mistakes early on, but don't quit. Don't give up. Keep on swinging in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. In ministry, it's not a matter of uh, if you make mistakes. It's a matter of when you make mistakes, but don't give up after you make mistakes. You've got to get back up. A righteous man, not an unrighteous man, but a righteous man falls down seven times, but he doesn't stay down. He rises again. He gets up again. And so in ministry, you're going to mess up at times. You're going to make mistakes. Uh, there's a saying, hindsight is 20 You're going to look back on things that you did, things that you said and think, you know, maybe I could have said things a little bit differently or done things a little bit differently, but don't focus on the past. Focus on the future. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from the past and say, Lord, how can I become a better leader in ministry today? How can I learn from that mistake yesterday so I can be more effective today? Amen. I believe that when God calls you to ministry, he calls you uh, and he empowers you to lead effectively. And so we have to constantly be listening. And I believe also that there's safety in the multitude of counselors. And so by having other people, pastors, leaders, those in ministry who are experienced in ministry, uh, to confer with and to uh, fellowship with and communicate. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And so you learn so much around people. And I, and I have pastor friends who have been in uh, pastoral ministry for 30 or 40 years, but they'll still say, uh, I still don't have it figured out. And there's still things that uh, come across my path that I've never dealt with before. I, I've never had to handle a situation like this. And it's in those times that you've got to ask God for wisdom and you got to ask God on how to handle those things situations amen so don't strike out watching the pitch strike out swinging amen now it's vital to be confident and who God has created us to be, but without compassion and humility, it's just arrogance. Amen? I'll say that again. It, that is vital to be confident in who God has created us to be, but without compassion and humility, it's just arrogance. How many of you believe in being confident in the call of God that is upon your life? When God has called you and He he's risen you up for a certain purpose, then you ought to be confident in that calling, meaning that no matter approval or disapproval or uh, those uh, who acknowledge the call of God that is upon your life, you should know if God has called me, then I have to rise up and do what God has called me to do. And so there's that that godly uh, confidence in the call of God, but if that confidence is not coupled with humility, then it's just arrogance. And I've seen that a lot in ministry. God, when he raises you up, you've got to be careful uh, to stay humble. You've got to be uh, careful not to get uh, lifted up in pride and realize that what God has done in you and through you is not because of you, but it's in spite of you. You've got to realize that it's only by the grace and the mercy of God. I I always tell God to give me more opportunity and bigger platforms when I'm ready to handle it because I've seen people that they got huge opportunities and it almost destroyed them. And they got so lifted up, and it became such a self-centered thing. And it was a very dangerous thing and a very toxic thing for those uh, around them. Now, now let me say this here tonight, that ego kills knowledge, ego, E-G-O. Ego kills knowledge, and knowledge requires learning, and learning requires humility. Again, ego, not eagle, but ego kills knowledge, knowledge requires learning, And learning requires humility. Arrogance, anger, and pride are characteristics that make a person unhappy, unfulfilled, and unaware. I'll say that again. The arrogance, anger, and pride are characteristics that make a person unhappy, unfulfilled, and unaware. Now, sometimes as a leader... When you're put in a position of leadership over other leaders, sometimes you still have to make changes and sometimes you still have to make uh, correction. Now, I've, I've said it like this, that you don't have to have control uh, to have influence. Uh, some people in leadership, they think that they have to control everything, but you don't have to have control Uh, to have uh, influence. Some, they may have a title, but not be a leader. A leader doesn't just have a title, but they have the people. Amen? I'll say that again, that some, they might have a title, but they're not a leader. A leader doesn't just have a title. A leader uh, has uh, the people. Position may give you power to control, but trust will give you permission to lead. One of the most important things in ministry is building trust. Uh, if anything, in 2022, uh, the new generation, the younger generation, is oftentimes skeptical of positional power, and so if you actually want to lead effectively, it takes building trust and having a personal personal influence influence on people. It's been well said that the greatest threat to future success is current success. Again, the greatest threat to future success is current success. Success feeds pride. Pride kills urgency. Nothing fails like success. Amen? Again, the greatest threat to future success is current success. Success feeds pride. Pride kills urgency. Nothing fails like success. How many of you know that you have to declare war on complacency and embrace urgency you cannot change what you are willing to tolerate and so in leadership, you can never grow complacent. You can never grow content with where things are. There should always be an urgency in your heart to accomplish more for the work of God, to accomplish more for the kingdom of God. So many people they build up some great work and then they they become complacent and then it just fizzles out. But you should never become complacent. You should never become idle. But you should always be moving forward in Jesus mighty name. I've said it before that this church will always be moving forward. You'll never have to walk into the door of this church or the next church building and say, I wonder if this church is moving forward. No, we are always going to be moving forward by the grace of God. We're always going to have a vision for the future. We're always going to have a vision to see more people saved and more people delivered and more people baptized in the Holy Spirit. Never become content. Never become complacent. But wage war on complacency. Hallelujah. Embrace the urgency. The Spirit of God, he gives you an urgency to accomplish things for the kingdom of God. And I believe that true progress begins at the end of your comfort zone. Growth and comfort, they can never coexist. They, you can never grow and be comfortable at the same time. When you're truly growing, you're always going to be uncomfortable. In fact, you should get nervous if you feel comfortable right now. If you feel too comfortable, you should get nervous because that might be a sign that you're not moving forward. Comfort and growth can never uh, coexist. And let me say this in leadership, that you should never gripe about what you allow or complain about what you tolerate. I'll say that again. You should never gripe about what you allow or complain about what you tolerate tolerate. In other words, if there's things in your ministry and things in your leadership that is inhibiting your growth and inhibiting the growth of the ministry, you shouldn't just complain and gripe about it. You should actually be the change. As a leader, you have the power to change things, whether you realize it or not. You've already been given the power to change things. Now it's time to operate in that role of leadership. There's a forbidden phrase in in, in uh, ministry leadership And it's a phrase. Our people will never. Some people in ministry will say, "Our people will never do this. Our people will never give toward this. Our people will never support financially to accomplish this and accomplish that." You should never say that in ministry, but rather you should say that we have not yet led our people to. As a leader, you have the power to lead and you have the power to influence things for the kingdom of God. And so you should never gripe about what you allow or. Complain about what you tolerate. Now, let me say this: that when you're looking for people within a ministry, and I believe that one of the most important things in leadership is recognizing gifting and also recognizing the lack, the lack thereof. Amen. Because not everybody is called to do everything we all have different functions and we all have different callings and so in ministry you have to recognize those giftings and you have to recognize uh, those callings and some people they just want to build a church and they just want to do something big but but people they're not looking to build your church people are looking to find their purpose and so when people find a purpose in serving and and they realize that God is using me to do this and do that to further the kingdom of God then that will help you build your your church, and so you've got to uh, you've got to locate, help people locate their functions and locate uh, their giftings, and and not everybody has the same values. Some people they have different values, and so if people's values don't align, then it's better for them to do everybody a favor and go where they do. Uh, If people are a part of a church and and they don't value the same things that the church values, and for here we value evangelism, uh, we value excellence, we value uh, edifying the body of Christ, we value humility and stewardship, those are different things that we as a church value. And so if people are a part of a church and they don't value what that ministry values, then they probably uh, shouldn't be a part of that church. We're also a church that believes in honor. We believe in showing respect to leadership. Um, not just to, uh, you know, kiss people's feet. We don't believe in that, but we believe in showing honor. We believe in showing respect. We believe it is a godly thing, and it is a, a biblical thing. Honor, it matters. And so, if you want to be over people, then first you have to learn to be under people. If you don't, and this isn't just in ministry, this could go with work. If you don't honor your boss and your supervisor or your pastor, then you might do everybody everybody a, a favor and find a different place to work, because honor, it matters. Respect it honors, uh, respect, and honor—it matters. It, and it, it, more and more in ministry, as I've gone on in ministry, I've realized how much it does matter. Because if you lack honor and you lack respect, it is gonna—it's gonna be like a brick wall in your ministry. And so, when you show honor and you show respect to people, it doesn't mean that you agree with everything. And and, and I, I realize that people—they're very quick to write off individuals. Um, if you're on the same platform with somebody, uh, a preacher that may not align completely with your thinking and, and, and what you think that they should be, they'll automatically write you off. But for me, I really, I could care less about that thinking. I go wherever the Spirit of God leads me. And even if they don't align with everything, you can still show honor and you can still show respect uh, to people. Amen. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, let no one despise your youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and purity. Again, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And so, in leadership, we ought to be an example to those around us, and especially those who are following your ministry, you should be an example. Let me say this here tonight, that if you delegate tasks, you'll build followers who only do what they're told. But if you delegate authority, then you'll build leaders. You don't find great leaders, you build great leaders. And so uh, leadership isn't just a matter of giving people Uh, Tasks and things to do. If you just give people responsibility, then they'll just do what they're told. But uh, a true leader doesn't just do that, but they give people room to grow and they give people opportunity to lead. And when you give people a sense of ownership, then they can really flourish. If they feel like they're always gonna do something wrong and they're always gonna upset you and they're always gonna disappoint you, then they're gonna be nervous to operate in that calling and that gifting. And as a leader, your responsibility is to help them flourish and help them grow in that gifting. And so if you empower the right people, there is no limit to what God can accomplish through your ministry. But conversely, if you don't empower the right people, then you will become the limiting factor to your ministry. I have been to churches before where they put like 10 different people up on the platform to sing, and they're all singing in a different key. And, you know, you're like, you have to start casting spirits out and and say god's not the author of confusion and For me, I see that as a pastor or a leader who just kind of, somebody says, oh, I want to sing. Oh, you want to sing? All right, you can come up and sing. Then somebody else comes up and says, hey, I want to sing. All right, you can sing. And then you put all these people in in, in a position. You empower the wrong people, and then it doesn't edify the body of Christ. And so sometimes you got to make hard decisions. Sometimes it's not easy to make certain decisions, but you're always looking. In leadership, you're always looking at the big picture. You're always seeing, and, and, and some people will see it, some people won't. Uh, Some people, they'll only see this, but as a leader, you see that. And so you always have to think of what's in the best interest of the the body, what's in the best interest of the ministry. I've said it before that that if there's a problem and you know that there's a problem and you don't do anything about the problem, then the problem is no longer the problem, but you are the problem because you, as a leader, you have the ability to change things and you have the ability to to address things. And so in leadership, you always have to think in terms of what's best for the church what's best for the ministry what's best for uh, the body as a whole and you should also you should locate people for the future and not for the present i'll say that again locate for people locate people for the future and not for the present You have to be selective. You have to, uh, not everything and anything goes. You have to uh, be selective. What's going to help us uh, in the future? One of the things I do is I look for passionate people. That's one thing I do. I look for passion. Why? Because you can train skills, but you cannot train passion. And so when you find people that are passionate about serving the Lord and passionate about doing the work of God, there's so much more that can be accomplished for the kingdom of God. I was listening to a podcast of a pastor who he was doing an interview with uh, two different pastors and you know, he had, uh, he has like over 30 campuses in the United States. So he did an interview process with two different pastors to take over this particular campus. And the first person he asked them, he said, why should I hire you? And he said, well, you know, I got my my master's degree in theology and I have, you know, eight years of experience in pastoral ministry and and this and that. And, And he had all these different qualifications. And then they interviewed the second pastor and they asked the second pastor, why should we hire you? And immediately he hit his fist on the desk, and he broke down in tears, and he started crying and weeping, and he said, "Because when I came here, my life was a train wreck, and I was bound by sin, and I was on my way to hell. And Jesus came and saved me, and changed me, and delivered me, and called me to preach. And I want to further the kingdom of the Lord." And the pastor he said, "All right, this guy's got some passion. We can do something with this passion." Amen. Uh, And he said. They put that pastor in the position of that campus, and they said that, that that campus has been the most successful church campus out of all of their churches, amen? amen. And so you should look for people with passion. Nobody wants to follow any, anybody with no passion. Uh, nobody wants to follow a, a pastor or a leader who isn't passionate about what they believe. I believe that when God has called you to preach and God has risen you up, there should be passion within your soul. Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in my bones. And so when God calls you to preach, there should be some fire shut up in your bones. Amen. Amen. And so I always, I, I look for passion. And so if your church has a healthy culture, and I, I believe in, in healthy culture in churches. Some churches, they have a, a very toxic uh, kind of culture. And usually uh, it stems from the pulpit because of bitterness and, and maybe it's personal hurts and offenses that have just kind of spewed out and affected their church and their ministry as a whole. And I believe that one of the most important things in church leadership is protecting the culture of your church. Your your church culture should be one of grace, uh, one where the Spirit of God is sensed, uh, the Spirit of God is given liberty. And so if, if your church has a healthy culture, then it's better to hire from within before looking outside of your church. I, I think it's important to uh, to guard a healthy culture. Uh, Church culture. I believe that you don't need a large successful ministry to attract great people, you just need a, a vision that is worth following. When you have a vision to see souls saved, when you have a, a vision to see believers edified, we want to see lost, imperfect people become uh, devoted followers of Jesus Christ. That's our vision as a church. We're not looking for perfect people to walk in these doors. We want the people that are, that are messed up, people that are hurting, people that are broken, and we want to see them change and transform and become devoted followers of Jesus Christ that's our vision as a church amen and and so you don't have to have a huge successful ministry for people to get behind you you just have to have a vision that is worth following people that say that's my vision too I want to see souls saved I want to see people filled with the Holy Spirit I want to see the next generation come to Jesus how many of you know that the devil is after this next generation satan has come to steal to kill and to destroy but jesus came that they might have life and they might have it more abundant and the devil has gotten loud in 2022 and i believe that it's time for the church to get even louder and um, to lift up the name of jesus even louder and so we have a vision to see this next generation come to jesus christ amen we have a, a vision to see those who, who come from broken and hurting homes and, and they've never gotten love and affection and compassion. Our vision is to see them walk in these doors and sense the compassion and love of Jesus through us. Amen. For people to have a true encounter with the Spirit of God. The, for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go into all the world. That is... Our vision and in closing here tonight, Ephesians chapter four and verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men and cutting craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working, and the measure of every part makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. That is our desire, and that is our vision as as a church. Our desire is to lead as servants, and to see more apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers risen up for the glory of God, for the edifying of the body of Christ.